we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Gerald Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts and on radio stations worldwide. Our latest episode covered the big hit for Netflix, the One Piece anime live action adaptation. Here are my thoughts on it on this week's Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, we talk about the box office, of course, everything going on with PlayStation, Nintendo, and so much more. So go ahead and check it out today. Also, as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, we covered week two in the NFL. Guess what we're doing this week? We're also going to go ahead and cover week three in the NFL. There's more major injuries to cover. Plus, we're going to tell you why. It's not, it's actually a little too early to panic. But I know people are already with their fantasy football teams, but we'll tell you why you don't need to panic just yet on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well, LakersBall.com, Joe Soro, who is watching the Steelers right now in a battle, I guess you could say, because it's end of the third quarter and they're down by three. So you know he's distracted, but he's always able to go ahead and chit-chat if he's not here at LakersBall.com, a Sox 47, and go ahead and support him today at Simblades, SimBladesWithTheY.com. Also, as well, go ahead and check out Empire Jeff TV. I know he covered winning time in a great article on one of his sub stacks. Plus, also, as well, go ahead and check out what he said earlier today. Hopefully, he'll join us for some more thoughts on winning time. Go ahead and check out and subscribe today to Empire Jeff TV. Plus, our good friend, also, as well, John McCallion. Hope he is well. Got a chance to check out a couple of his streams in the past week. So, go ahead and check out what he's doing today at John McKinley at YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, please, it would be greatly appreciated if you haven't already, if you just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Don't worry, Joe with the beady eyes right there in the corner of your screen is not that scary. He says he is, but we all know the truth. So go ahead and click on it today to go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And Search is in the chat. Great to have him here. Truly appreciate it. The best there is at moderating YouTube channels. Just cannot thank him enough for all the time he spends with us. But today is a very solemn day as, well, actually, if you got a chance to check out the last episode on Max of the season, season two for winning time, you will know that I posted as that show was ending that the rap had already reported that it's a rap on the series winning time as it was canceled by Max. And here today to discuss that is a good man indeed. It's the madman for Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk to me about winning time. Plus, is a return in order for Dwight Howard. We'll go ahead and discuss that as well. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And magic man, great to have you here. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and let everybody know I tried to reach out to Jeff Perlman once again, uh, who has been on the show twice before. Uh, he did not respond to me back during the middle of the season when he was asking for help to be on people's shows. I reached out to him again earlier today to go ahead and see if he could hop on this show, to go ahead and share his thoughts like he did on his own podcast last night. Uh, but I wanted to quote him exactly. 
If that's the case, uh, and I, John, as I bring you in here, uh, his words are, right now the cancellation has been a pretty rough experience, and I'll grant you that. So he's going to pass, but he appreciates the offer for that. So no Jeff Perlman. He is obviously devastated because as a producer for season two and the guy who wrote the book that is the impetus for what we saw with Winning Time is obviously very sad. He got to play a role in, I believe, episode five, if I remember correctly. So he is uh, obviously very proud of his achievement and working with all great individuals. But despite all the great acting and all the stuff that went on in the show, the fact that I like the show better than season one. Uh, in season two, I thought it was better. I thought it progressed better. I thought it was less over the top. And I still thought it was good in season one. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was good in season one. I just thought it was better in season two. I thought it was really starting to find a home. Unfortunately, the legs got cut out from under it. And we'll explain why it wasn't really that hard of a choice for Max. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Gerald's going to give some just brutal truths about why this happened. But um, nevertheless, Gerald, uh, I feel I feel really bad for Jeff Perlman. It, it's a bummer. It really is, like on a personal level. Um, you know, just to see something that uh, um, you tried to encapsulate uh, so well in a book and to see that um, source material used uh, as a sleek look, Gerald. I mean, g given the fact that um, it is canceled, they really did their best, Adam McKay and, and the group, to try and make it actually look like it's a real basketball game out there. Like right down from, from the sneakers to the socks to the inseams on the uh, uniforms. They really did a nice job of trying to make it look real. Um, and some of the, obviously it was a dramatization. So when it was first released, Gerald, there were uh, several Lakers legends, including Magic, Kareem, and Jerry West, who all um, basically said that they were not fans of uh, the upcoming material. They weren't uh interviewed or asked for their input at all and all three of them felt that um it wouldn't have been a, a fair portrayal of who they see themselves are as i mean that's a different story in and of itself gerald but th the fact of the matter is is that the first season also had an advantage rate right, of being released in march i believe mm -hmm. right alongside of march madness so You've got uh, kind of a, a conflation of uh, uh, a passion and um, uh, an interest level that's really high in basketball, and you release the Showtime series that that helped kind of kickstart. Uh, no, you don't agree. Well, there's a there was a wave of Laker stuff going on there with the Magic Johnson doc, and you mm -hmm. know what was going on. There was three separate Laker right, related right, entities right, last yes. year going on in a similar time frame last year. This year, putting it in and around the NFL season was not too bright as far as no. when it debuts. Obviously, you could check it out anytime after it premieres. But let's get down to the facts, my friend. The fact is, in season two, reports have it. In fact, I saw an LA Times article that indicated that it, the attendance, the viewership, the initial viewership for it, which they categorized within the first 24 hours, was down by nearly half. 
and Jeff Perlman as a producer, he saw the numbers. He already knew what was going on. That's why in the middle of the series of this season, he already reached out and was begging to go on other people's shows. And had the last line of his yes. tweet be- was HBO cares about the numbers. Yes. And begging people to go ahead and watch this. The thing is also, it's an indication to everyone out there that no matter how good the series is, no matter how well done, no matter how well made it is, no matter what your thoughts on as far as a dramatization, whether or not you think it's good or bad. The fact is it's a Lakers centric series now matter how many lakers fans around the world that are watching it you've got to remember that it's the lakers centric series and the fascination for it from last year was not just lakers fans but people just watching wanting to watch dramas wanting to watch anything as far as material something that was new out there so there was interest in it second season comes around you lose all that casual viewing audience, my friend, and all you have left are just based mo for the most part. All you have for the most part are basically Lakers fans and people that are just really watching because it's Max material. But you just the casual audience left in season two, and that's a death knell, my friend. And it also says a sign for anyone that wants to go ahead and make a Yankee series or a Dallas Cowboys series or any other team popular centric series like that if they ever want to go ahead and into this again please note it's a novelty for a season or for a period of time but that novelty for a casual audience goes away and all you have left are the hardcores that are watching this show like us yeah that you're right Gerald. um so like you said when you lose the casual audience that's it that that's shut the door Turn the lights out, it's over, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, obviously that happened. And, look, I understand There's a, there was also a case to be made that, um, you know, they couldn't really promote it because of the, the strikes. Um, but you could also say the same thing about Barbie and Oppenheimer, and they did fantastic. So, you know, maybe that argument doesn't hold water uh, in the current climate we're in, Gerald, because, uh, you know, what, other, what argument that uh, somehow the lack of publicity and um, promotion due to the strike. Uh, yeah, yeah that, well, I mean, that's that, it did that did her a little bit. Obviously, you know, as much as we like to go ahead and in fact, what you know, when I deal with the pop culture cosmos, I we like to tease actors and actresses when they've come on the show. And I have interviewed before as far as coming through the car wash. Because by the time they get to me, they're on their probably like 500th interview. Uh, Liz Priestley, who I just replayed her interview last week, was a tremendous guest. But you know mm-hmm. she had already done the route as far as so many people because her PR had had her right. going all over the place. It's the thing is, though, that it is – we realize this. it's important now. In the days and ages where the strike is ongoing, it is important to an extent that these – stars do promote this the tom cruises you know what whatever the names you want to go ahead and pass around that despite you know whatever they're eating hot chicken wings or they're showing up on the today show or whatever it is important to a casual audience that oh there's their movies coming out this weekend or their tv series coming out this weekend or or the the you know when they go ahead on those late night talk shows oh my gosh their series is coming up or their series is on now i better go ahead and check it out 
because not no matter how many commercials that they run, and Max ran a little bit, a few commercials for it. They ran much more last year for it. They did a lot more pub work on it last year, even without the stars. I just noticed a lot more commercial work being done for last year. They had their heart in it last year. They didn't really have their heart as much into it this year. No, you're right. You're right about that. That was that that was definitely missing. And I agree with you from from the writing and continuity po- uh, point of view. Um, I but I also feel that uh, you know, unfortunately, they had to cram uh, a lot of history into a very finite period of time. I think it's still so much more to go throughout. Yeah, the 1980s. they you're right. Yeah, go into the 1990s a little bit, the dog days of the 1990s. Then you get into the late 90s and early 2000s. There's so much more that they could have done with the series. I think that again, you know, when it comes right down to it, it's again a Lakers centric show no matter how much they try to just say it's a drama it's a drama it's a drama it is a lakers centric show and no matter how much you know the lakers are popular because the lakers are one of the most popular uh, uh teams worldwide and you know i know that the question was put in the chat by uh, ttw as far as how much uh, was a broadcast internationally i know that they have agreements overseas as far as with international distribution groups and max is on you know uh several countries you know it does have broadcasting rights internationally i don't know how much spread it was or available spread uh, to a, a worldwide audience but i know it was to an extent i just know for the fact that here domestically it is the largest television viewing audience it is so imperative that the u.s audience is first and foremost and even though well, for instance, like the Squid Games. Squid Games obviously blew up internationally before it blew up here in the States. That So it already had sealed its fate as far as, you know, success is concerned before it even came, you know, came to America or even blew up in America. In the case of, of this, it really had to go ahead and, and just blow up here first and, and just stay consistently good here first before it was going to go ahead and connect. Like, for instance, the Philippines, I'm sure somehow some way it's gotten to be able to distribute to the philippines but obviously that wasn't enough again it's a lakers centric show and i know we're lakers fans we're going to follow it but no matter how much max tried to push it as a drama it just seems like that casual audience just took off and just never came back yeah gerald uh, you know when you catch fire you need to uh keep the heat up right so yeah it, it looks like they they couldn't do it um obviously for the myriad of reasons you've mentioned, but for the most part, I mean, like you said, Gerald, it's, it's a very, it's a subgenre of a genre that's very, very passionate, but yet it doesn't have the kind of the curb appeal you were talking about lost the curb appeal. Yeah. I mean, put in your favorite team, whether it's golden state warriors, whether it's Yankees, whether it's Dallas Cowboys, whether it's uh, Inter Milan, whether it's, you know, just put whatever team, it's only going to have a certain niche to a certain amount of audience for a certain amount of time. Getting over to a, the fact is what makes, and I've always said this on the Pop Culture Cosmos, what makes a show or a movie a hit is that it not just gets to its hardcore, I'm going to be their audience, it gets over to a general consumer. Once it gets to a general consumer, whether it's a movie, television show, video game, book, whatever, that's when you have a truly successful product. And 
it was for the first year a truly successful product because there were people that were not Lakers fans watching this show or basketball fans watching this show. But once you saw season two, wasn't heavily promoted. And even though it is ultimately, I think in my, ter- my terms, a better season than season one, which I thought was still pretty good. I th- still think, and unfortunately, it just would not stay connected to that audience. And that's the problem. You, you got to go ahead and keep on connecting. Like, for instance, Loki. Loki's coming out in here in a couple of weeks on Disney+. Plus. We'll see if that is just going to go ahead and continue to grab a larger audience than just the Marvel audience. Because right now, with all the failures that Marvel's had over the past 18 months, Loki is one of the few success stories because it reached out and branched out to a larger casual audience hopefully it'll find that again for season two but i think again they do need to be warned and need to see what happened with winning time of what you do if you cannot promote it the way you need to promote it yeah yeah and uh, gerald you know it's it's funny how how life works out too because uh i remember in high school there was a really great pro uh sports themed uh, program that was released and uh, it was called playmakers on showtime And that got that got iced very quickly, but not for the reasons that people would think. It was actually very successful, and uh, word of mouth spread. But the fact is, it was too closely related to what actually happens in NFL locker rooms, drills, and the NFL wasn't going to have any of that. So well, let me and- let me say this here: high octane, and read that comment there. Sean, Gerald, I agree, but they put the show on a premium channel. These shows should go on regular cable to garner more success. I agree and I disagree with that statement. So let's take a look at Time Warner. What do they have as far as cable outlets right now? They have TBS, TNT, and that's pretty much the two major ones that they have. The two major, they have, you know, other smaller channels. You know, right. Like, uh, the, US- the, uh, no, I don't think USA Channel is there. Okay. All right, but I think you know, like uh, for instance, the the old film channels, the one that that shows all the films, the classic film. Oh, channels, Turner, Turner Classic Net, Turner, Night yeah. Movie. Although you know, there's some okay. other there's some other smaller stuff that That's they do. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay, but the weird thing I'm saying here is, with this show in its content, in its basis, with its adult themes, would it have been able to go on TNT and TBS? No, no, it would probably been altered somewhat. Yeah, and, it would have been had to have been. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to say, you know, you might not have gotten the same feel there. But second of all, it's, uh, Max is actually available, per, I think, 80 million subscribers in that mm-hmm. range was their last, yeah. was not, in that range was their last reported as far as viewership. So the percentage of what you should be getting for a show like this, if it's only getting what i think the last report was like anywhere right around half a million viewers yeah right around there five six hundred thousand viewers and you can't only grab that out of the 80 million that's actually watching that's not great at all especially for a series that that you know max is supposed to have at you know right out there as one of the, the current major series that they're running you take that to a one piece where i just talked about earlier at the beginning of the show with netflix that's got tens of millions that's about 30 million some odd hours already watched you know by netflix because it has a mm-hmm. reach of 220 million subscribers so it all depends high octane they're able to create successes and for them it's not just how many people watch 
the first episode, but how many watch all the way through and that they binge because they have a different way of doing things with their binge style of programming. I think when it comes down to it, winning time should have been able to go ahead and do a better. But I think the timing of when it was shown, the fact it was a lack of, you know, just so many factors working against it. I know Max needed some type of new programming to throw out there to their audience to justify its existence, but throwing it like it did out there was just sending it out to lose uh, for losing time. Yeah, it it felt like um, uh, it was sink or swim that they they really that there were whispers in January from an article I read, Gerald, that said that they were thinking that this might be a possibility. Yeah. Um, so yes, it, it looks like season one had about almost a million. And then like Gerald was saying, season two's premiere had about 625,000, which is a big dip. I think yeah. it, it was a promotion issue. I think some of that's sky dwellers in play, but also the fact that again, it's a niche show. So you know, the Lakers contingent had to keep with it because the casual audience was just probably not going to stay with it regardless because it is a Lakers show. People will see it and they see anybody that's outside of us that's watching, we see as winning time. A lot of other people out there are probably identifying it as the Lakers series. So, and and you, you could take that for what it's worth. But again, uh, I do consider it a success that it got to the screen. It lasted two seasons. It was very highly acclaimed, got positive critical reviews. Uh, I think that for, for what it needed to do was great. I know that uh, there were some things that they showed as far as us last night, as far as ver- at the very end, after the unfortunate 1984 loss, which showed Magic Johnson, the very the character that, that was playing Magic, the actor that was playing Magic Johnson, was uh, in the shower, very, you know, very distraught and sad. But it showed the last scene, which was not shown to reviewers. Magic Man was where John C. Riley playing Doctor Bus with his uh, actor, uh, with the actors who was playing uh, Genie Bus. Uh, Hadley Robinson, about, Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. So they were they were talking about, uh, you know, it's going to be all right, all of it, and you know how he knows because we effing own this, and they look up to the heavens and they start laughing maniacally while they're sitting at the center court at the forum once again, like they did in season one. I think that Genie Bus is the only individual on the Lakers when it comes down to it that has actually said positive things about the show, uh, as far as anything at all. Again, from a standpoint where I take it for what it is, as far as most of it being true, some of it not being true, some of it being accentuated, I found it to be a good series overall. It just shows that, yes, these these team-centric, sports-centric shows and series only have a lifespan of a certain time. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts.
like, no Lakers attached to this has actually said in real life that they they care for the series at all. No, no. There's only been there's only been criticism and and yeah. scor- scorn for it, Gerald. That's right. I don't know if it's because it hits home too close or because it's accentuated too much. I'm, I'm assuming Jerry. You know, we've seen even Jerry West. You know Jerry West has had issues with it because of especially how he was portrayed in season one by Jason Clark. Yeah, that's something that I can't. I, I don't know. The only, like I said, the, the only person that has said anything positive about it is Jeannie Buss. And, uh, you know, just because her minds are what was. But unfortunately, after two seasons of it, unfortunately, it's no more, my friend. And I don't think that everybody's going to be able to shop it around to other shows. They'll, they'll always tell you that they're going to shop it around to other networks, to Amazon. Uh, I know that was the question there. Are they going to be able to shop it? They could try. But the fact is, when you have a show from my dealings with television shows and all that over the course of many years now with the Pop Culture Cosmos, when you have a show that's immediately announced it's canceled after or right during its episode it's airing to the public, that's not a good sign. It's usually bad. And it usually tells me that there was a lack of interest by the consumer at large. Yeah, and and obviously, Gerald, if uh, if HBO feels that you're not pulling in the numbers, they're just willing to just circle the drain and move on to the the next project to see if uh, they can gin up uh, the kind of analytics they they want to see. Uh, obviously, uh, like you said, winning time in and of itself, like thirty thousand feet view. You're right; it was very interesting series it was woven very very calculatingly and they went to a lot of effort to try and make it look like a uh like a real series but as gerald said there's not a lot of lifeblood in something like that to the general consumer um only to the really general population of whatever you're appealing to whether like gerald was saying lakers yankees uh, what Ryan, what um, Ryan Reynolds is doing now with uh, that rugby team he bought Wrexham, that that's really a neat for a niche audience. Um, either for, like Gerald said, for whatever. Ted Lasso is based off a of fictional team. Yes. So yes. it really doesn't have a particular crowd or subset audience that is that is catering to. It's an actual fictionally made team. So. That's why people got along with it. It was so popular for Apple TV Plus for three seasons, but and it could have gone more seasons, but they decided to end it, not to Apple TV Plus. So I think that it's, yeah, exactly until it was zany at times. Again, more so in season one for me than season two. Season two seemed like it was more closer to what was happening in real life, even though it still had its moments as far as dramatization is concerned. But it seemed like ultimately, despite the fact that I thought it was a better season, it was still good in the first season. It was even better in the second season, Magic Man. Unfortunately, again, if it's playing to just a niche audience, it's not going to stay around much longer. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Unfortunately, Gerald, as well as it was cast, as well as it looked. Um, and by the way, I just love the um, the kind of changeover that uh, – I'm not sure whose idea it was. I think it was Adam McKay's, but the 35 millimeter mm-hmm. shots, Gerald, I really liked that. That was really uh, clever and I thought yes. uh, really unique. 
but like we said, uh, Gerald was saying, uh, unfortunately, uh, in the big world, you have to have uh, an ace in the hole that uh, you can put out to the general public and they, they eat it up, but there was no carrot left. There was only carrot for Lakers centric basketball fans or fan fans of the actors or, or family and friends. So uh, Gerald kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, what happened with the shortcomings of the show and ultimately why it's no more. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us. It is Gerald Glassford along with the magic man, Sean Grice. If you want more thoughts on winning time again our good friend empire jeff tv shared some thoughts on his channel plus he also did a article on it where he was really venting on it as far as the the decisions that were made magic man i know that on social media that there's a lot of i got rid of them search destroy no worries i got i timed them out again i just love timing them out it's enjoyable but for me, it's like a, you know, like a, almost a sport in and of itself. Mm. But Magic Man, oh, you catch the comment, you delete the comment, and you time out the person making the comment. But when it comes to the social media, you know, flashback, a lot of people, there's been articles about the social media brushback as far as the disappointment. is. The only thing I say is, if there's that big of a disappointment, why didn't you watch the series? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, what are you pining and uh, complaining about? You know, you should have been watching it rather than uh, trying to. Uh, uh, what did Chuck Palnick say, Gerald, the uh, the great writer? Uh, it's easier to criticize a great work of art than to create one. Um, I, I just thought that was kind of apt. Uh, yeah, like seriously, uh, enough with your um, your tomatoes and your rotten fruit throwing at something that's. Uh, dead anyway shame on you You should have been watching the show and promoting it exactly a bloodhound i will say that netflix for the longest time was running at an operating loss at a revenue loss because they were you know the amount of the material that they were making was more than even the large amount of volume of memberships that they were doing they were continually reporting loss after loss. it's only now in these days that they're actually reporting a revenue stream that's a lot better and obviously reporting i think that remember reporting profits but they're also reducing the amount of content like all these streamers are reducing the amount of content and i think that also comes into play my friend all these streamers after the big streaming boom of the earlier part of this decade unfortunately has not been able to go ahead and sustain itself we knew there would be a crash of some type with some of these streaming outlets and it looks like there has been where only the mighty have survived. And right now, it looks like while Netflix is still surviving and doing well and possibly even thriving to an extent, Amazon Prime, by the fact of sheer nature that it's actually got a whole bunch of other stuff that you can do there besides go ahead and watch video and watch movies and all that. That's why it still has over 200 million subscribers. Everything else is going to be up in the air for, for long term. So it's, it's, it means that they need to put out quality programming that people can watch, that people will, that will actually, uh, I guess, get people interested in a larger volume and audience than what Winning Time did for their fans. Yeah, 100%. And if it's any consolation, uh, winning, I think Winning Time garnered a little bit more of an audience than Citadel has for Amazon, which has been a much more expensive venture for uh, Amazon Prime drill than uh, I think winning time was for um, HBO. But yeah, 
it, it it's cruel. It's a cruel world. It's a cruel world. I, I, again, my, I just feel bad for everybody associated with the, uh, with uh, the production, uh, everybody behind the scenes, including a, a friend of the show, Jeff Perlman. It's a bummer that it, you know, it didn't work out and, uh, you know, like, but Gerald, uh, Jeff's a great writer. And like you, like you said, I sure uh, wish you would have come on the show tonight. Yeah. It would have been awesome if you did. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand, I understand him wanting to say that because he'll probably need to, uh, take some time and, uh, reflect on, uh, what might, what you might've done differently or what, uh, what's his next project? Because, um, you know, well, I know just, he's working on more more of his awesome books. So yeah, pretty, so yeah, just just got broad shoulders. He'll land on his feet. Just kind of felt bad for him, Gerald, because uh, you know, having read the book, it was a great uh, work of. Uh, it was nonfiction. It was a great work of nonfiction by Jeff, and he's the best uh, sports uh, writer, book writer, as far as uh, you know, as far as any biographies on that than anyone I've ever seen as far as consistently bringing out on a, not just LA Laker related, but you know, basically sports, he's doing one on Bo Jackson, you know, he's done, he's done several different players, uh, you know, at, you know, across the gambit of sports and he's just done a great job each and every time. A hundred percent, Gerald. I'd agree with you. And I'd also say, say the same thing. about. I know that I know the, the stories on Kobe. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, especially around the time the book was released about nine months after his death. I know that did not go over well with the wide amount of people, but uh, yeah, I mean, Kobe was a very competitive person. He may not have been the most kind to people or, you know, as far as the most, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into too much as far as what Kobe's demeanor, but you, you guys, you and gals know what Kobe's demeanor was like. You know that his, you know, he mellowed out after his playing days, but during his playing days, he could be very uh, hard Grumpy. to get along with. Grumpy. Yeah. Hard to get along with by some of his teammates. Some of his teammates would attest to that, but nobody will ever doubt the heart. And, uh, you know, as far as the, the sheer drive that he had, which was second to none, and sometimes that would take place of him coming off maybe to the people the wrong way but yes they, i know he wrote a book that came out in fact i interviewed him for it and he came out just shortly well within less than a year calendar year of his passing so i know that people were not exactly thrilled with that i want to go ahead and mention to uh, southern comfort and this actually is a correction to what i said earlier as of uh, the the uh, actual link i put in there by uh, statista.com they currently have as of the second quarter of 2023 netflix does 238 million subscribers is what uh, worldwide is what they're listed at so i wanted to give everybody a heads up on that but uh finishing out uh winning time uh on this conversation before we get into dwight howard my friend winning time again uh, it generally favorable reviews you go look at a metacritic it's right around a 70 for both seasons so you know, uh, depends on who liked it, who didn't like it, if they were really a fan of it. Uh, but again, I thought it was generally great acted, depending on the individual. I really liked, again, John C. Riley. I thought he is deserving of really some acclaim and awards for his performance as Dr. Jerry Buss. I truly thought it was outstanding. I hope he will get recognized by the Emmys at some point in time because his work was really well done. And much. I think it would have been better than what Will Ferrell uh, would have been able to done or anybody else trying to tackle that role. Yeah, no, exactly, Gerald. And, 
You know, unfortunately, uh, one one also one. Sky, role... nobody. There's no actors that are available to do that due to the ongoing strike. Uh, but maybe sometime down the road, I would be like to have to have. I would be happy to do that down the road. Maybe they could reflect on it. But as of now, Magic Man and Sky Dweller, I cannot speak to any uh, actors. I've already tried to reach out to actors for other projects and other things, but unfortunately. Due to the uh, current strike that's ongoing for the uh, Screen Actors Guild, uh, they will not accept any. It's, and if they consider that breaking of the picket lines, they don't want anybody to do that. So I don't want anybody to see their themselves get into trouble over. But yes, Gerald, if, Gerald I, if I remember wanna... next year, uh, I will be hopefully happy to do that. Or even maybe later this year if, if the strike is going to end, which doesn't look like anytime soon. But go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, that, that that's right. Thank you for clarifying that, Gerald. Um, hopefully there is some clarity soon with that, but I'm with you. I, I think uh, both, it looks like both of them are digging their heels into the the ground and uh, although not... if you do want to go to a galaxy con near you, there's probably some actors in the series that are doing some signings there. That they can still do because they still got to go ahead and pay the bills. Right, right. Obviously, um, it finished. Um, there's a lot of unfulfillment there as well, Gerald. I mean, um, we the one role that's a big vacuum in all this that was there for what sort of happened was Jack Nicholson. They never, they were never were able to cast a, a Jack Nicholson for winning time yet. So that will remain um, a mystery. Uh, who do you think would have played Jack Nicholson, Gerald? That's a. It would have been some unknown actor. I don't. And I, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. They've got they got well known actors for most of the most of the crew, except for obviously the players. Some of the you know the players were relatively unknowns. Even Norm Nixon's son, you know, who did an outstanding job as Norm Nixon, uh, was relatively new to the acting game. Yeah, that would have been hard to, to say. That they might have just got someone that just does a you know a non-speaking role that just right there. Probably been it. Yeah. Uh, Lifted says, Gerald, can you fill us in on the strike? I've heard about it. Don't know any details. Well, basically, it started off with the Writers Guild strike about what four months ago, five almost five months ago. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to they went on strike against uh, the film studios in regards to more writing fees, more writing uh, as far as residuals for the work that they do and more money to the, for the work that they do. Uh, recently, in the last uh, two months, actually about two months ago, the Screen Actors Guild went on strike uh, in regards to issues, of course, pay uh, residuals on streaming outlets, which for many, uh, if it's if it's like a movie or a TV series that was not originally intended, like for instance, let's take Breaking Bad, Sean, on Netflix. Breaking Bad on Netflix is a very popular series on Netflix, but it wasn't originally meant for there. It wasn't originally created for there, but it was actually bought by Netflix and actually be able to go ahead to show showcase there. So it gets tons of views, millions of views. And it was funny because the stars all say they get very, very little for actually, you know, any residuals from that show being on Netflix, which is the largest entity on the planet as far as streaming is concerned. Orange is the New Black. Many of the Orange is the New Black actors from that series have said they get pennies, you know, to the dollar 
on exactly what they get as far as residuals, even though it's viewed millions of times or has been viewed millions of times on Netflix and other streaming outlets. So basically that's what it comes down to is the, the residuals from streaming outlets plus the AI issue, artificial intelligence issue, which has also come up, you know, as far as just before the strike in regards to, let's take Sean, for instance, let's say Sean gets invited to go ahead and do a background role on a television series or a movie and they use his likeness and they give, he signs off permission for let's say a hundred, 200 bucks to go ahead and do a, you know, a background role. They can, you know, usually what they were doing, especially Disney, Marvel, I've heard that they're one of the, the primary individual uh, film studios that was starting to do it. They would take his image, scan that in there and be able to use it in perpetuity and just pay him that one-time fee of $100, $200 or whatever that they were going to go ahead and do. They're not paying him for any work down the line. So the Screen Actors Guild is touching on a lot of subjects, obviously better pay for residuals, for things that are appearing on films, television, and streaming, especially streaming, but also artificial intelligence and protecting their likenesses and images uh, for down the road as well. So that's really what it comes down to. That's why they're still out there does not look like there's going to be a resolution on the writer's guild strike or the actor strike anytime soon. The reason that, that they, why that, that you don't see any actors or actresses being able to promote any work that's coming out, like for any of the films coming out or any of the television series like winning time is because the screen actors guild has specifically forbid any of these actors to go ahead and promote any work either on their social media or any TV shows or any appearances like that. They can't mention any movies or television shows they're on currently or even in the past, as far as that's concerned. So they really can't mention anything. Uh, They can still, again, go to go to appearances, make appearances, do cameos. If you're in the cameo, Things of that. Well, I'm only fans. I've heard us mention as well. Some stars are turning to only fans. pretty ladies around. Yeah, I hear that as well. So I'm expecting a Kurt Affair comment anytime soon, Magic, after that. But I'm just telling people that they're turning to those options. Those are still okay to do, but not appearances on uh, to plug any entertainment work uh, in the industry. And I think that to me, I think that that last part, Magic Man, I really haven't discussed this on the Cosmos yet. So I really think that might be a misstep because I would love to see one central place for all these individuals to go ahead and maybe plug their their outlets on just one entity, one major entity that would get across, but also at the same time, continually voice concerns that they have and the reasons and remind people why they're on strike in the first place. Yeah, you'd think there'd be um, some kind of uh, filter. Well, he already did, SC. He already did. So I guess strike <laughs> yeah. against the LFB. Yes. <laughs> Never but again. But we negotiated, we negotiated <laughs> behind the scenes. I went to the table. Uh, and even though he tried to strike against Joe again. Wait, actually, again. And again. And again. Wow. I lost count. But yes, he we were able to renegotiate a return for Met with the Magic Man, and we're happy to have it back. So. Absolutely, and Gerald, I have to give uh, an applause to uh, our uh, great uh, panelist Bloodhound, who said that Christian Slater would probably be the uh, selection for Jack Nicholson, which I, which, yeah, which I I was thinking, yeah, get the glasses on, some, so he's a little bit older, but yeah. That that'd be a that'd be a great selection. 
good. But yeah, good. it just basically what it comes down to it's it's the rights uh, for everyone out there. But I, I just think again there should be one continuing outlet because the less that that the Screen Actors Guild is out there doing something that people are worrying about, the less people care and the less people know and the less people realize that they're I, still doing it. Absolutely, Gerald. I mean, they figured. You know, they, it's, I'm, it's, I'm sure it's not a, on, yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm sure they're banking on the fact that all you're seeing right now that's new is reality shows saying, oh, where, but the audience is very fickle out there and they'll just keep watching. Oh, they'll just find something else to do. The thing is, if I was the Screen Actors Guild, I would be trying to put one central way to go ahead and let people know continuously why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If they were able to encapsulate, uh, perhaps uh, a platform and uh, just be able to uh, constantly um, and continually uh, preach the, the messages that they want to get out there because, you know, they're not the only ones on strike now as well, Gerald. The, uh, our uh, hardworking men and women for the auto workers are uh, all on strike and uh, the Ford workers uh, in Canada now, Gerald are on strike. So I agree with you. It's it's um, it's unfortunate that a lot of these unions are constrained from actually trying to do something like that, Gerald. When you got to keep it out there in the public. When eye. messaging That's... is so important nowadays, because you know we live in a twenty-four hour news cycle, and like Gerald was saying, it's easily put into the trash or the recycling bin if it's not constantly being preached if i was uh, fran drescher aka the nanny if you remember her from that old sitcom way back when she's the leader of sag at this point in time and if i was her i would just make even just if it was creating my own youtube channel twitch channel whatever channel just basically bring it on the air so that it's running all the time so you can continually air the grievances that you have with with hollywood i mean Again, people just in the public out there, they just lose touch because they're doing their own thing. And it just comes down to the point where people just stop caring. The reason why the UAW strike is so hot right now, because it's brand new, people care about it. And obviously cars, buying a new car is obviously a big issue and a big thing. Plus it affects a, a, a ton of people as well. But, you know, three, four months in, Magic Man, will people still care about it? Because people have forgotten that the Writers you know, Guild is on strike. We had to tell our chat what the strike was all about for the Actors Guild. So will people care about the United Auto Workers as well? I mean, this is I don't want to go too much into it because it goes veers off into something that's not Laker related. But yeah, it, you know, you have to keep reminding people why you're doing what you're doing. No, it's important. This is important, Gerald. It's about messaging. And, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, like Gerald was saying, if you're if you're not framing your messaging the way you want to frame it, somebody else will frame it for you. And um, I'm telling you right now, my friend, though, it'll be great one of these days when uh, we go on strike again against uh, Joe Soro. At least we know we'll be glad to go ahead and update you every single day why we'd be we would be striking against Joe Soro indeed. No we'll march day and night by the big cooling tower. Hell no we won't go. Hell no we won't go. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast.
Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly want to thank you for joining us. Again, if you want any uh, to share any thoughts or memories of winning time in its two seasons, please let us know in the comments below in the chat or let me know on social media, Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, thought we'd touch on some Laker news. I know it was mentioned in the chat a few days ago about Dwight Howard joining the Warriors. And like, I kind of passed it off then. But then I looked at it further. Sham Sharania did report that there's a possibility that that could happen because they are meeting this week. Dwight Howard and the Warriors are meeting to see. Obviously, they want to see if he still has some of the, the you know, the Shinsequa that he once had as a one of the top players of all time, one of the top 75 players of all time, depending on who you ask. And obviously, not enough people said yes because he's like the. 77th player of all time but i want to ask your thoughts on this my friend dwight howard has a possible return from shanghai coming back to play for the golden state warriors as a possibility do you think there's any juice left in dwight howard to go ahead and be able to help this team the golden state warriors you know chilled i i have to admit i don't think the taipei sharpshooter will be the uh missing ingredient there um, but you never know. They could, they could sign him, but it's, it's possible. JaVale McGee still has a job in the NBA. DeAndre Jordan still has a job in the NBA. I don't Tr- know how, man. Tristan Thompson has a job in the NBA. There's three candidates right there. I don't and, see and, and when somebody tells us that it's that like Joe says, he doesn't see how uh, expansion can be a possibility based off talent. He may be right. My friend that, you know, I thought that we had enough talent to support two more teams. But when I see a team expansion team that could possibly be filled by JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Deandre Jordan, Tristan Thompson, Kardashian. I mean, huh. You you put their name in there, Bismack Biombo, Wenyan Gabriel, yeah. You name the stiff. There's still plenty of them out there, my friend. It just shows you that the talent may not be as robust as you might think. No, no. The uh, the gene pool is is a little shallow there, Gerald. <laughs> Jay Huff. When Jay Huff, we often think sometimes is the best of this entire lot that we talk about, that tells you exactly where we are. Bad. Very bad. Andrew Bynum, come back. Especially when Bismack Biombo signed in Germany, Gerald. I mean, he did sign in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. He got tired of waiting. Yeah. yeah, He got tired of waiting. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, there, there are better leagues as well that thought, yeah, we don't need another stiff. We've well, got a couple already. Uh, we don't need another one. Well, when it comes to uh, Bismack Biombo, you know, I, I, I was really hard on the guy, and and you know, I would love to say I'm sorry that I say you know that about that, but when he's clanking free throws in Germany, you will understand what I mean. I mean, it's just that he is a player who had some really great efficiency. He was actually a 65% free throw shooter at the time, which 
was able enough to keep him on the floor. But yeah, once it got, once his, his free throw shooting went back down again, yeah, that was all she wrote. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, give you've been hard on him. Uh, yes. Given our email chain, uh, if Nick Molina ever got Tristan, uh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, Tristan Thompson. No, if he ever got... <laughs> Tristan Kardashian. Yes. If, if he ever got Tobias Harris on the stand, uh, Tobias may break down. Uh, Nick Nick might Perry Mason him after what I've said about him. So yeah, he mentioned his Joe. contract. Yeah. He mentioned that Kelly, you know, when the Kelly Oubre signing, because Kelly Oubre Jr. signed today with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he's going to camp with them. But uh, yeah, Nick's comments on how, uh, Tobias Harris's contract is so criminal that he would prosecute against it uh, was just classic. And having you as the lead witness was just truly a nice touch on top of that. I think the next one after that, because I think this is Tobias Harris's last year. I think I think is, so. I think yeah, so. so I think he's, yeah, we're done with that. But I think the next one will be Jeremy Grant. That's just my mm-hmm. just my thoughts. Not sure that'll happen, but that's probably no, my no, my no. Mind. You're right, Gerald. That that he's on deck. That yes. contract is on deck right now. He's about to come up to the plate. You're right. So I'm asking you, my friend, when it comes to Dwight Howard, do you see it as a possibility? And to a team that I'm still evaluating, but is older and I, you know, depending on who you talk to, smaller than what it was when it got pounded on by the Los Angeles Lakers on the boards. Your thoughts, my friend, on if Dwight Howard can actually provide something for them, if he'll actually play enough to provide something for them this season, if he gets signed. Right. So we're talking about, you know, an undersized center, right, Gerald? So somebody like Howard isn't. Well, well, uh, you know what, Gerald? He's, he's not as tall as he was in 04. That's for sure. He's already shrunk. He's no longer seven feet tall. I don't. I don't. I think he's. I think he looks to me like he's less than six ten. He might be six nine. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, it's because he so had I, a lot of the back issues. Finally, yeah, to... yeah. It looks okay. like you know those herniated discs really took their toll because he doesn't look uh, as tall to me. He looks like really undersized, more of like a like an Elvin Hayes or a. Yeah a Wes Unseld, so to speak. But you know what, Gerald? I think there is room for him on that team. We just saw that uh, they they off, they off gave Usman Garuba a, a two-way contract. And, and, uh, and he's 6'8". Yeah, yeah. So it looks as though, you know, I, I could – Gerald, I foresee the Warriors probably sending him to a non-guaranteed one-year deal, I would say, for – probably the veterans minimum if uh if he they decide to keep him um but i don't think you would offer him any kind of guarantees just as he didn't offer garuba any i i think they're looking at probably one of those two guys to compete to see if somebody can can fill a void gerald because we saw it in the playoffs uh it bit them in the rear end uh they they got away with it in the in the 82 game regular season, but having Kevin Looney or somebody else at center, they need a backup badly because Looney is limited already offensively, Gerald. 
but he's a hell of a rebounder and oh, a that, hell that, of a vertical that kid's got, defender. Yeah, yeah so, I'm never going to doubt the heart on that no, guy. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, and, and it's cleaned up, not as prone to foul trouble anymore, Joe, but they desperately need a backup center in Golden State because it bit them in the rear end against the Lakers. Well, I'll tell you what, though, again, uh, if, if he is smaller, Dwight Howard, uh, you know, 6'9", 6'10", he's still built like Adonis, I'm sure, even at, at this age, because he's still at 35, 36. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, still should be able to go ahead as far as out-muscle anybody there. But the fact is, does he still have it? And is he going to be able to play enough minutes to be effective? Because this isn't 2020, Dwight. Uh, you know, as far as the kind words that Kurt and Intel have said about him as far as 2020, Dwight was tr- such a tremendous force for us, actually took over the majority role in the playoffs for us, as Luca often points out to us, that that he did take over in 2020 in the bubble for us and played a major role, especially playing against Jokic. Again, that's something that's obviously would be something they would, the Golden State Warriors would love to recreate. But yeah, I'm just not sure after so many years, you know, he fizzled out in Philadelphia. He fizzled out again with the Lakers. He fizzled out, uh, you know, in China. So I'm not sure how much he, he really has left to go ahead and be a force anymore, but uh, I agree with uh, Intel Wild. No NBA player should be under 70% on free throws. And I know this is embarrassing, but th- I'm going to bring this up. But I would love to see if if you were a coach and you had, like, let's say Pops, and you really would impose your will. Say if you guys go under 66%, so make two-thirds of your free throws. If you went under 66%, you would have to shoot at Rick Barry style. Yeah. I think you do I, it. I just, I just think if you're a college coach or a pro coach out there and say, you know what, shoot me, sh- make two of three, two of three free throws. If you make two or three free throws, I'm good. If you make under that, you got to shoot it my way because you're more likely to make them more way that way more than most. And just, it looks ridiculous, whatever you want to say, but it worked for Barry. He's the all time greatest free throw shooter. And yeah, because he's ahead of, of, of Curry, correct? I'd have to double check, Joe. I think okay. I think Curry. Well, they're may... both up there. Yeah, they're both up there. Yes, yeah. I'll I'll yeah. look at all time best free throws here. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, when... yeah, they're, they're they're both up there. Uh, the fact is, Gerald, is that uh, again I remember um, uh, a story that uh, John Sally told when he when he his rookie year in the NBA. It's Stephen Curry. It's Stephen. Yeah, Curry. I thought it was, but bar- like it's barely. It's like they're net. I think they're like almost neck and neck. But um, uh, actually, no, Rick Barry's just a tick under 90%. It's Steph okay. Curry and Steve, Steve Nash, Nash. Yeah, those Mark are the Price. Price. Those yeah. are the only guys that are 90%. Uh, those, uh, yeah. Okay. Fair, yeah, fair those, enough. But, though, but my those gosh, are the, if you're shooting 90%, are you really going to argue with Rick Barry? <laughs> no, no. Those those are the three guys I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, no, and you're not, Gerald. Like I was saying, um, um, Bill Lambier was telling John Sally he – he he was basically doing his accounting and he said at the end of the year he said john this is how much money you you missed by missing free throws and sally couldn't believe it gerald and that the next season he started shooting about 75 percent because he said i didn't want to lose that money again and it you know sooner or later gerald there's going to be some kind of incentive based 
uh, carrot in these contracts that says that if you want your average annual salary to like go up, then certain, you have to meet certain criteria. Like, yeah, hitting 70% of your free throws. That, that would be a good start. 66%. That's all I say, because that's two of three. You're hitting two of three, and, and then there you go. But if you don't, then I would say they would be, you should be, you should take it upon yourself to do it the Rick Barry style. Again, which I think is an easier motion, which I think is an easier way to shoot it. And it's a much better opportunity to go ahead and hit for a higher percentage, but it just doesn't look aesthetically good, you know? And I know like guys like Joe would probably rip on you all day if you went to that in the game, but you know, it's about making the free throw, no matter how much, whatever way you want to do it. But uh, yeah, search and destroy. It is Curry. Uh, after that, it is Nash Price, and then Rick Barry is like just a smidgen under ninety percent. But again, they're, the, let, they're the four best. Yeah, yeah, they're the four best ever at free throws, and you really can't argue with that. But again, it is. Dwight I would Howard. say I, I think uh, although I, I I'm not sure if the games played count, Cheryl, but I I, I think Mahmoud Abdul Rauf would be in that class as well. He I'm was, looking at. I'm looking for him right now. He's not in the top twenty all time. Uh, yeah, it must be just based off games played because I know he was in that. He was in the nineties for sure. Well, actually, like he might have been for a year or two, but he was not overall. Because uh, I'm looking at it right now through the top forty, and I do not see him there. As yeah, it's it's got to be a games played issue then. But yeah, um, look, I think like you said, Gerald Howard. Is the juice worth the worth the the squeeze with Howard? Do you think, Gerald? Uh, I, again, I just don't think he's going to get a gut, you know, gut feeling. Gut play. feeling, yeah, gut well, feeling. I, I just don't think it's a you know at time he's going to give you any much left. I don't think he's going to give you anything that's going to give you any type of consistency at this age. He's been out of the league already a season. I, I just I think he's. And the thing is, you've already got Chris Paul at 100 years old going there. And you've got Dwight Howard. They were one of the highest paced teams last year. They they actually live off of a much faster pace. And to have Chris Paul and Dwight Howard, if they're in the lineup, slows them down considerably. Slows them down. And that's not conducive, even though they do have a, 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 you know, you think in theory, a probably pretty decent half court offense when they've got the shooters that they do. Uh, still, they're reliant on pace. They're reliant on a lot of passing assists, a lot of tuner- turnovers as well. That comes, that's a byproduct of it. But I still see them as getting older and getting smaller, and I'm not sure they're getting better this time around. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look up uh, Mahmoud. Uh, yeah, his career was 586 games. You're right, 90.5% free throw shooting. Yes, so he obviously... I guess he didn't play enough games. 586 games is not enough in the league. So Yeah, unfortunate because, yeah, I remember he, he could hit his free throws as well. But regardless. Which would have put him number two all time. Time, Yeah, he would be number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's weird that that doesn't count as uh, 500. It's almost, well, I don't know what the, this. Yeah. yeah there's so got to be some kind of criteria. Yeah, that's strange. Because I'm One looking of those... off a of basketball reference and, yeah, it's like, okay, how many games has it? necessary to okay well, well, but yeah no you're right Gerald I, I think that it's kind of the end for Howard there's like 
there might be a little toothpaste left in that in that tube. Get it up there, but I think it's gone. Yeah, I, I just, I just, we're very weird. You're, you're asking. Uh, it was chat said in the chat, uh, search and destroy. Maybe years, maybe. But it's so weird because if you look at Basketball Reference, I mean, they have guys like J.J. Redick, Ray Allen. Those guys played more than ten years. I get that. Uh, Kyle Korver, yeah, Earl Boykins is listed on here. How many games did he play? Let's just take a look. 652. Uh, so not, it was only 70 more games than Mahmoud Abdul-Aruf. And it just seems like that's not a whole lot more. So I guess maybe 600 games was the, uh, was the cutoff point for that. But uh, maybe, the, well, it would be one of the same Kurt affair. They would list it under the same as far as Chris Jackson or Mahmoud Abdul-Aruf. But need I digress? It is, of course, Dwight Howard's only speaking to and obviously working out with the Golden State Warriors. Nothing has been confirmed or signed as far as him adding to the roster, but Magic Man, a lot to talk about. These West teams are are loading up. Uh, Philadelphia is also loading up as well with Kelly Oubre Jr. I don't know what kind of role he's going to play. He's not exactly the most efficient shooter, but for a guy I had mentioned that it's a 15th roster spot, just like Philadelphia, I don't think it's a bad get. I mean, the guy was a 20-point scorer in the league last year, and if you do have a ton of injuries, it's nice to fall on. Uh, it's nice to have someone to fall back on to someone like that. Absolutely, Gerald. Um, you know, normally, it's strange, Gerald. The musical chairs this year in the NBA with uh, free agents has been very interesting. Um, we all thought PJ Washington would get locked up pretty soon, and it took months before him and Charlotte reached an agreement. Now we thought, wait for Kelly Oubre. What's going on? Well, Philadelphia waited until the very last moment when somebody else is going to come in and sign him. And yeah, it was a good get. That's that's actually a really good find for a depth player that they waited this long. That's correct, Kurt. He is so. We're going I don't to find see him out. getting much time unless there's injury. Nope. And defensively, if you're if you're more the hydrant than the dog, which me and Gerald both have seen Kelly Oubre, and he's more hydrant than the dog most nights. All due respect, Kelly, great offensive game, but defensively it's just not there. Yeah, I agree with Gerald and Kurt. It's not going to be a lot of playing time for Kelly no. Oubre. Unless there's injuries, but yeah, again, I don't foresee that uh, happening for him, but it is another shot for him, Kelly Oubre Jr. And then also as well, Dwight Howard, possibly being a Golden State Warrior sometime down the road. We'll see. They're in discussions, and he's probably working out for the team uh, this week, so we'll see. We're getting closer and closer. We're about, what, one week away from some of the teams that are going overseas from having their media day and their start of training camp. The Lakers training camp starts on the 3rd of October with the second being their media day. Looking forward to it, my friend. I know we've got more great discussions on the way for NBA team, NBA team previews, trying to lock them down as fast as we can. But your thoughts, I think you've got a Clippers coming up here real soon. We finally got a Clippers season. Yeah, I know you guys we, are going to enjoy ripping on that one coming up here in, in the not too distant yeah, future. We, yeah, Joe, we finally, we finally found someone. It's a beat reporter for the Clippers, Tomer Azarli. Uh, be a guest on our program Wednesday at, uh, it'll be, it'll be 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time uh, with the, our interview with Clippers beat writer Tomer 
as early. Um, I'm also looking to uh, try and lock down uh, an interview with uh, somebody from the Commercial Appeal. Uh, talk about the Grizz, Gerald, and uh, we're also, me and Gerald are also on the hunt for uh, the rest of the Western Conference teams. Uh, We are. We've got a ton of emails out as far as hopefully getting some responses. I might have one for the Oklahoma City Thunder, been trying to get one for the Mavericks, been trying to get one for the Grizzlies, uh, Pelicans, uh, also the Trailblazers. I have individuals that I've been emailing to constantly so i'm hopefully they will go ahead and join us if jeff perlman can answer us they can answer us too so hopefully they will go ahead and join us on the show to give you their season previews for their teams plus their thoughts on the lakers which is always interesting so as we close this out my friend i guess joe even though the pittsburgh one still doesn't have the guts to join us today ooh, slap on the way out uh your thoughts my friend though on some of the things that we've seen and heard from all these different experts that we've gotten from all around the league, it's been very interesting on how they see the Lakers. Your thoughts on that, my friend, is Intel Wild posted a super chat for us, the best Lakers channel on YouTube. Truly appreciate it right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Your thoughts, Magic Man, before we head on out. Yeah, I think uh, overall, Gerald, most, uh, I think most of our experts have kind of felt uh, the same way we have. There's, it's really dependent on uh, health, but health considerations aside, uh, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of quality depth. There's also a team that's obviously now hungry because even though LeBron and AD did bring a championship to the Lakers, this group uh, got to the Western Conference Finals. Um, you've added a lot of uh, playoff medal uh, with Gabe Vincent, and you've also managed to bring in um, – every one of your your players from um the uh, finals team so uh it looks as though i think we're gonna be right where we were when we started this little uh, adventure about where we we're gonna go trail i think i still believe we're top three um i think we're gonna surprise some people just given the victories i mean again last year as uh, one of our Phoenix guys was saying, the Lakers had 43 wins. They were the seventh seed. The fourth and fifth seeds both had 45. So, it, uh, and Gerald, you've mentioned it again for the second consecutive year. There's not going to be a single team in the Western Conference that wins 60 games. There's yeah. not a buzzsaw. No, no, but I, I'm thinking that maybe the Lakers being a team that's being underestimated may not be uh, such a thing as much as it was maybe a couple weeks ago. I'm starting to hear more, more experts, more shows, look at the Lakers roster and say, you know what? That team may go a long way, even in the playoffs uh, at this season. I know the game theory podcast, which has been all over the place on the Lakers in, in recent times, uh, they like what the Lakers did a lot and said they wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers actually won the conference and won in the playoffs uh, because of, there's so many good fits, not perfect fits. And like we see it, there's no perfect fits on this team, you know, as far as outside LeBron and AD, but they're good fits. They're really interchangeable, usable players to use in different situations they may not get you the perfect amount of what you need, but they all seemingly will get you a lot of good things each and every time out. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that uh, you can't always get what you want, Gerald, but sometimes you get what you need. I yeah, think absolutely. that's a great Stone song. But anyway, I, I think that's the mentality that uh, we kind of all need to have. It's like Gerald was saying, there's no, per- there's no perfect situation. And uh, this roster looks pretty, pretty good from a depth perspective. And as Gerald said, it's, it's like a complimentary sandwich. It, 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 like, it looks like it's appetizing. It doesn't look like it's all over the place. So uh, I agree. Uh, I still feel the same way. I think we're, we're top three. Still feel that way. Hopefully uh, we get through training camp and um, healthy. Uh, you and I both, my friend, uh, but we'll continue to gauge it as we continue to provide daily updates for you, team reports from all around the league, especially right now on the Western Conference. If you missed any of our team reports, please check them out in the YouTube channels. In fact, I might even set up a link or a playlist in YouTube that people could go ahead and check out, or I'll put a memo somewhere where people can find all of our team outlets for all 30 NBA teams, so hopefully you will go ahead and get a chance to go ahead and do that. Please, it is highly recommended so you become educated on what the people around the league are saying about their teams, but also about the Lakers as well. So it gives you a better idea of what to expect come this season. But Magic Man, great episode as always. Again, our thoughts and respects to the folks running Winning Time. Uh, on a successful two-season series, was a show that garnered over a million users at one time, was really something that a lot of people were caring about and enjoying, and the fact that you got to do that speaks in and of itself. And our thoughts, again, with Jeff Perlman, truly appreciate his his time introducing us to the world of winning time when he came on with me before the series started. And again, uh, we do apologize that he, you know, unfortunately the show got canceled and he was not able to come on the show today. Uh, just too emotional for him, but we wish him all the best, don't we, Magic? We do. We do, Jill. Jeff's uh, a, a great guy, uh, a, a great writer, and um, overall very positive person as well. Tries to uh, accentuate the positive in life. And uh, it, it's unfortunate this uh, this has happened to uh, to good people. You know, I, Gerald, you don't you don't really wish uh, anybody to lose a job. Um, I hope so, Kurt. I hope it evolves into a three ring circus opportunity. Uh, but the thing is, will they keep it at one season? Because uh, you see what happened with uh, two seasons of winning time. So we'll see what happens. But uh, again, I read both books of his, and they were truly outstanding reads and. Uh, I had the chance and opportunity to interview him twice. You can check it out in the archives if you want. It goes right there for you, so look for that. But Magic Man, a great show tonight. I know we got more coming back tomorrow night. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, you know, Gerald, sometimes uh, life hands you a knuckleball and you you swing and all you feel is air. I get it. It sucks. It sucks when things get canceled. It sucks when you lose your job. Um, I just hope for the best for Jeff and everybody associated with the show. Uh, chin up, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow as well. It was, as Gerald said, it was a great show while it lasted. And 
all good things have to come to an end. It's unfortunate that's what happened. And as for Dwight, I think uh, Dwight's in the uh, swan song of his career, Gerald. I, I I just don't think he's got it in him. Just I don't think that that old uh, boxer's got one more fight left in him, Gerald. I think he needs to throw in the towel. Ah, uh, and just as we're about ready to go, he steps in after. Uh, you know, just Another subscriber. Thank you. What do you think about that, Joe? It doesn't matter what you think, Joe. We got another subscriber. Absolutely. And just as Sean said, we do have another subscriber. So thank you for subscribing, Pedro. Truly appreciate it. Joe Soro is here from LakeCurseBall.com. I put that one on first. I got Joe's uh, greeting for subscribers here coming up here in, in the not-too-distant I heard it, too. Well, yes, it is Joe Soro. <laughs> Joe, good to have you here. Uh, again, congratulations to your Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe got lucky by the fact that uh, Nick Chubb blew out his knee very tragically and also very tra funny. I scored 170 points and Nick Chubb was the one that was uh, hurt on my team. So I really had a great weekend this weekend in fantasy. But your thoughts, my friend, on winning time season two. We tried to get Jeff Perlman on tonight, but he declined because he's very emotionally distraught at the cancellation. Uh, but your thoughts, my friend, on winning time season two before we head on out. Sorry, I would have been on a little bit earlier, but for some reason my internet's not working, so I'm using my, my hotspot on my phone at the moment. <clears throat> my hope is that once this writer's strike and this acting strike and all these strikes are over, someone grows some kind of intelligence and somehow finds a way to, to buy the rights to the show and get it onto either Netflix or Amazon. I think it's doing us a disservice by not finishing the story. I think ending on a loss to the Celtics is tragic <laughs> for a TV show to end. And uh, you have some amazing talent that came out of the show. And I think it's important that you continue to, to show the talent because this isn't your normal new wave, new actor quality type show. I mean, these guys really, really, really killed it. Uh, the reason why they didn't get a lot of viewership is because the, the heads of Warner Brothers have been screwing everything up in every angle from every way and anything they're doing the last two, three years that they just don't know how to, they haven't had a chance to really know what the hell to do in terms of marketing and knowing how to do anything. I mean, Succession's like the only thing they've done, but I think it, at some point there's certain shows that this have a momentum of their own, but it's uh i don't know what do you, what can you say i mean jeff perlman is distraught uh, you know this and, and good for good reason because this is a good show why would you cancel a good show and i think the reason uh, why it's canceled is because you have people who have no idea what the hell they're doing controlling it again timing of the way that showed it during the strike uh, obviously the fact that they they needed some type of content on that platform uh, to showcase that was new because they had run through a lot of the shows. And they didn't have a lot of shows backing up. But the fact is, Joe, the show lost half its audience by the end of the season. And that's never a good sign, especially when you cancel it even before the last episode airs. That's never a good sign, my friend. And I, I think not just the fact that they didn't promote it well, but the fact is it's a niche show. It's a niche programming show to a Lakers audience. It was nice that they got a casual audience out of it because of the drama aspect in the first season, but were people really, the, was the casual audience, the non-Laker fans going to stay with it in season two because they probably saw it as a Lakers show 
and we're probably not going to stay with it. Well, there was no promotion behind season one. There was no actor going out there and promoting the show. This is, you know, there's a reason why Coke and McDonald's continue to pay three, four million dollars for an ep- for for a commercial. No, they were promoting s- season one. Yeah, but they didn't promote season two enough. Oh, because you said season one just a minute. A lot of he, people he, don't. He, he meant season yeah. two. He meant yeah, season I meant season two. two. So you 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 have look marketing matters. Marketing matters. Keeping the any kind of entity in the people's consciousness is, is important. That's the reason why I was going to use the example of Coke and, and, and McDonald's. What what company doesn't what company doesn't know what person doesn't know what Coke and, and McDonald's are? But they continue to put that money into that visualization. Hey, this is Coke. This is Coke. This is McDonald's. And it, how can you how can you not say marketing works? I mean, McDonald's has been a dumpster fire for decades with their terrible service. Uh, and, and really, other than maybe the chicken McNuggets, which are horribly ho- terrible for you, terrible food. I know their coffee is good. I get that part. But everything else uh, and even the stuff that they do make is never working. But yet the marketing says otherwise and the branding says otherwise, right? Uh, Coke can give you heart, a heart attack and people are still drinking. So I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like we're really missing the boat on what's what people really want and, 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 and having the ability to bring in the correct resources and bring in the resources in a way that makes sense like it used to. I feel like the streaming world is, is really, really screwed up uh, media in general. So, so, Joe, when this happened, right, this is what... Like I, I think I would represent like the most of what general population would have to say from the outside. So when in 2020, when all these floodgates had opened, right, for the streaming, they all opened at the same time, and it created, like you said, you used a perfect word uh, a few days ago. You called it saturated. It completely saturated the consumer. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. And there is yeah. the possibility, though, there are WB shows that they have optioned off to Netflix for a period of time where people can watch it on Netflix. And there's the possibility, like like a Manifest, for instance, that Manifest was an NBC show, a Universal show. They put that the series on Netflix and it blew up so big hmm. that they made that Netflix funded another season, a final season of Manifest on Netflix. Suits has blown up. Uh, you know, that was a USA Network show, also shown internationally for years. Uh, Meghan Markle is probably the most famous individual on that show that, that appeared on that show. That blew up on Netflix in the past, uh, what is in August. That blew up in August as far as them putting that on the show. There's a possibility now that they could renew, you know, renew Suits on their, that, you know, as far as for another season if they were willing to go ahead and do it because it blew up so big. So there's a possibility WB can option it off to Netflix or Amazon, like Joe said, and it could blow up and find an audience. It's just so hard because it does play eventually, Joe, to a niche audience. It does play to Lakers fans. And ultimately, the reason why it was successful in the first season, it was it was reaching out and actually connecting with a larger audience. The second year, the second season not only lack of promotion, but people, the casual audience stopped watching it and only the hardcores remained. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I feel that 
most shows just don't seem to don't really have a lot of longevity. Most of the shows that I've seen don't have a lot of longevity. Uh, shows are more expensive, I guess. I know this particular show is expensive. It's a time yeah. piece, time period piece, which that always becomes a challenge. And having these stadiums filled up and it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and I understand that. But uh, I, I think a lot of it, though, is that there there isn't there's too much there's too many shows, and a lot of the issues that the industry is having is. There's so many shows being produced. There's so much activity going on. And it's not based off of, hey, they're paying the ticket for this. It's we got to make sure there's enough content so that people maintain that $10 a month number, which in the long run, is it is it really that much money? Is that $10 a month customer really raking in the money for you for one of your uh, uh, subscriptions? And I, when you look at that, uh, Matt Damon had a really good uh, explanation of this uh, on the, he was eating the uh, hot wings. Uh, on the, he was on the hot wings show where when you didn't do well at the box office, you were able to fall back on the DVDs and the Blu-rays or at the time there wasn't a lot of DVDs in the late, late nineties, but you could fall back on that. And before then you'd fall back on, on, on rentals, rentals. Heck, I still remember this like yesterday off office space was, was not a success in the theater, but boy, it made it made over a hundred million in rentals. I mean, imagine that. And then DVDs and, and VH, VHS tapes. I remember that was the last VHS tape I watched, like a like a normal consumer, which is a, it was Office Space, and they don't we don't have that anymore. Now it's you 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 have it in the theater. You have a couple of films that will kind of come out of the come out of the abyss a little bit, Oppenheimer, Barbie, but it's it's not it's even even Mission Impossible. It was a great movie, but it didn't do well. Yeah, and the only way it's going to break even is because it just won a lawsuit uh, and an from an insurance company, so there's possibility that could break even because it was like seventy million dollars that they're recouping back for it or something like that. So. Even with that, they could be breaking only breaking even at best. So you have Tom Cruise doing a popular franchise, and uh, during the summer, where there's only three movies really that were big movies, yet it didn't make enough money. So what's next, so guys? Joe, 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 and Gerald, you're uh, you're both businessmen. You're you understand the industry a lot better than than me and most folks. Like, so Gerald, you said that. Mission Impossible was going to break even. My There's guess a possibility. Is, yeah, my get my guess is if you two gentlemen poured a lot of money into a movie, you wouldn't want to see it break even. You'd well, the thing double, was, remember, double, double or triple your money well, that you've this, invested, right? That's that's yeah. kind of what the the problem is, right, Gerald? A lot of these venture capitalists they just forked over as much money as they want to. Uh, when things were riding high, like between 14 and 19, right now, everything's kind of dried up. And... Well, Mission Impossible, I can tell you uh, that it's it's never with a movie. It's never just cut and dry. If the movie makes 600 million dollars right on the dot, the 
film company does not bring in $600 million. Remember, they got to pay theater owners. They got to pay other concessions and fees and things of that nature, distributions as far as especially internationally. They have to pay other small companies that actually are responsible for distributing films. So many other things going. Plus, the fact is, how much did the movie cost? How much did it take to promote? Because usually whatever it costs, you can usually tack on 50 to $150 million in promotion on top of that. So there you get your answer on how much of a movie needs to be, you know, needs to make or not make in order for it to earn a profit. And I, ahead, I, asked this, I asked this question about Netflix years ago. I said, so you're telling me, because I, I, I know the model of HBO, Showtime, and Cinemax. I, I knew that model for years because, uh, you know, they, they're, they're the big three for years. Uh Cinemax, this is before Cinemax and Showtime really had shows anyways. It was more like HBO had shows, right? So it was a lot easier to, in my opinion, and from what I'm thinking, is is it's easy to understand that there are people paying to watch The Sopranos or The Wire, these shows back in the late 90s and 2000s, and even before then, but I'm going to use those shows as an example because everyone knows what they are. I go, that made sense. Like, you, I... I, I you're going to go get HBO because I got to watch The Sopranos. Nowadays, are you really going to go, like, are they really paying for Netflix? No, you're you're really not. You're, really you're already not. there. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, already you're right, been Joe. there. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're right. you're like yeah. already have it. Like, oh, Suits came out. But who who out of the eight other hundred million people are going, oh, Suits. That show was on USA for years and it had a very small audience each and every year now all of a sudden it blows up on netflix so i mean I'm, the only thing you can do is hope that the, for winning time so that, what's, what is that does that mean okay suits is hitting big right it's hitting big but if and, and what does that mean two million people are watching it every day okay and then More. look at you okay let's let's just use two million as an example so okay. two million. How many of those two million sign on to Netflix because of Suits? What if it's only like a hundred thousand out of the two million? Then what? Yeah, I don't it was, know. most I, of I people. Are, it's just because it was there. It's a lot of things. This, why did? Why does Netflix get a lot of the stuff that's popular? Uh, you know, like some of these action movies that are really bad, but they go to number one it's because it is there, and it's only new. Oh, it's something new on Netflix. I guess I gotta watch it. I think the business model. I think the business model is just is just not good right now, and it, and the strikes have, have made it even more apparent. The AI thing is is a is a red herring in this thing. It's not the AI. It really isn't because that doesn't make any sense. What would AI have? Oh, I don't want my likeness taken away. Well, that, that's an easy negotiation. Hey, listen, I don't care if it's AI or what. You use my likeness. That, that this stuff's been going on for a while. You do that in a contract. Hey, anything with my likeness, you got to pay me. You know, that's I think that's an easy negotiation. The issue is there isn't enough money to go around, or somebody's being greedy. But then at the same time, this time around, it doesn't look like it's greed because when you read that Warner Brothers is forty nine billion in the hole, my first thought is who the hell is running the money in that place? $49 billion in the hole? Is that even real? I couldn't and even just understand. To, well, just wanted to give you an update on it. It was Suits, uh, as of the 15th of this month, has had over $3 billion 
viewership minutes to give you an idea. So, okay, that's when you're not be... getting advertisement for those eyes, how do they make money from that? Just subscriptions, my friend. Although, so no, subscri- wait, there are some ad, there are some ad plans that they implemented in. That was something that they changed. They there are some cheaper alternative ad supported plans. Well, and, well. and 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 let's be honest, let's. Also, but the main one, the seventeen or eighteen dollars a month that you pay, is remember, not ad supported. Yeah. Also remember, Joe, that because now, like, because of streaming and PVRs, right? Uh, a lot of uh, advertising now is like subliminal. Like it'll actually, like, you'll see a Coke can in the shop, like you were talking about. You see, they've been doing that for decades, it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's more pronounced, more so than ever, Gerald. Uh, they've been doing that since the '80s, my friend. '80s, where they there's been there's been tie-ins, and that they actually included that heavily in some blockbuster movies. I'm pretty sure you could point some out. I know I saw cocaine in an episode of the the Lord of the the Rings. Uh, well, that was not supposed to be, <laughs> yeah, that, so, that's, or a Starbucks cop. Yeah, I, I get yeah, that in so Game of Thrones. I know they're, yes. they're obviously not being subliminal enough. Yes, I guess that's what I meant. But regardless, yeah, yeah good, yes. great point, Joe. Yeah, I mean, they're they're actually there are companies that do they pay you know to be in these movies, especially if they feel it's going to be a big hit. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's worked out behind the scenes. But yeah, my friend, uh, I'm hoping for that winning time will find a new life somewhere. I'm being realistic in my years covering the industry, Pop Culture Cosmos. I don't hold out much hope on it because of the fact, A, that you know Warner Brothers has been resistant on sending a lot of its shows somewhere else. They may send it to Netflix and it might find a life there. But B, also as well, Will it find a life beyond Lakers fans? That's the thing. It had to, in order for it to be a huge hit, Joe. It has to be. It has to reach a general viewership outside of your Lakers fans in order. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean, look at look at look at really connect with an audience. Look at Air, right, Gerald? Look at Air. That didn't. That did not appeal to a, a mass audience. That was not a mass appeal film. Yeah, it did not become a blockbuster. I think it earned. Well, less I think than the reason why it didn't. Yeah, I think the reason why it didn't is I think we were expecting a story about the, the trials and tribulations of Nike, and it ended up being more of a, a typical Michael Jordan. Uh, what well, was well reviewed? Puff piece. It, you know, it's not exactly. You know, we a, had it, to, yeah, it, it's it was a puff piece for Michael Jordan and his mother and all this, and I think people got kind of like, "Wait a minute, I thought this was supposed to be the, about sto- Nike. the story of Nike is Phil Knight and Sonny Vaccaro, and 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 those guys were not necessarily nice guys. I mean, it's it's, it's got it it's got a seventy three on Metacritic. So Sonny Vaccaro is a is a snake. You know, that's what that's how how you do what he did. You have to be a snake, and Phil Knight. Is a pandering ass. I just couldn't relate and to it because you Matt got Damon Ben Affleck playing him. You could have Sonny Vaccaro. No, he does not. That. Like Sonny Vaccaro, it's like Matt Sonny Vaccaro does not look anything like Matt David. I'm not sorry. even close. I'm not sorry. <laughs> That's why he I could never like get it. <laughs> he looks he like, like Edward the... G. Rob, more like he Edward looked... G. Robinson than he does. He looks uh... like the guy who played Tark in Winning Time. That's who he looks like. I remember the times like where a I used big, to see him. Like it's like a big head on a little body. That's... And I, re- I remember the times I used to see him on Roy Firestone's old talk show on ESPN. He would do appearances there. But you're right, Joe. He was. How did he get all these players? He had to do maybe some 
questionable things from time to time in order to go ahead and really get these players to sign on the dotted line. And that's the part that they don't show you in air. They only show you, you know, the magic of whatever happened to go ahead and get, you know, to where we got with air Jordans and the birth of air Jordanism. So that's, that's exactly what was supposed to be the peel. And unfortunately, despite the fact it got decent reviews, it didn't hit with a mass audience the way that they hoped. But again, with winning time, it just, Joe, I, I'm hoping for success for it. Again, I like season no, two. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I don't think – it's up to WB. I mean, WB has – leaves out some of its shows on occasion, but I don't see them really getting behind this one. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll be – hopefully we'll be proven wrong and it will find a life all its own somewhere else. But, again, it, it has to appeal to more than just a Lakers audience, Sean and Joe for it to become a massive worldwide hit. I mean, it was once, you know, over a million people were watching it uh, each and every week. And that was because I think it was finding an audience more that were interested in the drama and not just the Laker part of it. So what, what changed from season one to two then? I just think it's the patience. I just think with viewers sticking, you know, from one to the other, it just with them, they just saw it more as, you know, again, if they just, whatever reasons they had for the, maybe it's the time off between seasons uh, just based or, or something the fact that they, like you said, they didn't promote it. Well, just to a casual audience, they just turned it out. They just turned it off and they just didn't, they stopped watching it. And I guess maybe the reason why is maybe they saw it as just the Lakers drama that was no longer interesting to them. Or as Joe uh, kind of, puts this up out there uh you know, yeah just, i thought he was just, sleeping it, there for a second it, it just didn't connect with a audience that it needed to in order for it to survive you know it's great with all of us but again we're, we're seeing things from a lakers centric point of view and you know if you read out there the reviews from a more generalistic standpoint the reviews are a little bit more mediocre but for us i think for what it was i liked it and uh, again i hope i'm wrong I hope you're wrong, and I hope it does find an audience somewhere else sometime soon. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, Sean, great show. Was able to go ahead and Really get a lot out of this. Dwight Howard, you know, we haven't heard yet if he's going to sign with Golden State, but he is meeting with them this week. So we'll see what happens there. Any the thoughts on that, Joe? Oh boy, are they just they just keep going that route. Older and sl- older and shorter, my friend. In this case, so they this might get like the players. These NBA benches are like uh, our parliament and Congress. They, they just can't get rid is, of the old this parts. This is hilarious. They can't get Bob rid of Myers, the old parts. Bob Myers builds you a dynasty, and this is how you thank him. Right, you allow Steph Curry to run your team now. This is a Steph Curry call, right? Keeping Draymond, keeping Clay, right? These guys actually think they're going to win two more titles. How? And if anybody thinks that getting With Chris Paul to help the team instead of the thirty million dollars, 
They have a better chance with Cliff Paul helping them than Chris Paul right now. (laughs) With insurance. Geriatric insurance. Should have kept any they should have thrown the the back to the Brinks truck for Bob Myers. Kept Bob Myers on that. Yeah, he was the architect for all the success. Something tells me there's gonna be an early bird special, all right, between Draymond and Chris Paul. (laughs) They're gonna be fighting fighting walkers this year. You know, he's not like we we, we have our we have sorry go ahead Gerald. I was just going to say that he's not like Bobby Marks who has that bad Kevin Garnett trade always hanging over his head. Bob Myers has a ton of success and he goes to ESPN uh, over under guys on the number of years he stays at ESPN and doesn't go back into the league. Mm. I say 2. I say 2. Joe? <laughs> I like that one. That yeah. was the sponsor of the Lakers two seasons ago. I yep. I, Stu says it best. He's been saying it for years. This is a young man's game. Mm-hmm. Now you do have a. Unfortunately, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's had some bad luck. Otherwise, he'd be right there with Steph Curry. Uh, but Steph Curry is the only one that can that you can say still has enough in the tank to be a part of a winning team. Clay is done. Clay is finished. Draymond has been finished for two years. And the fact that you insulted anyone's intelligence saying that we don't win four championships without uh, Draymond Green. I'm like, dude, Draymond Green did everything possible for you to lose in 2022. You should have another one if he wasn't so uh, kick-happy. And, and, yeah, there should be five championships if nut-ass wasn't nut-cracking. He's right. He's right, ladies and gentlemen. And you blame the refs. You blame the refs. You blame the league for his stupidity. You, You have a complete debauchery of a freaking season because he slaps a key contributor to your title win the year that he sucked. And and this is the part that pisses me off about people. You are delusional. Most of you out there are in freaking la-la land with your BS because you're trying to support, you're trying to do this. Fine. You don't need to go on in public and, and criticize somebody. But don't give me the dog and pony show either when I know the truth. But then again, people don't say enough about it, right? They don't They don't make it, hey, what, what the hell are you talking about? This guy was absolutely horrendous. You guys were down 2-1 because of him. You had to go into super scion mode, you know, Steph Curry, to win this damn series. And the reason why you want it to is that Boston couldn't make a shot. You know, it was a combination of just good luck and, and the fact that you have Steph Curry, you know, doing his thing. And... That's what that's his job. That's why he's one of the greats. So I, I just I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm puzzled at this just nonsense of of just yapping for just because they they want to support, they want to feel good. I, I don't know. I'm not I just never been down with it. Uh but I'm looking forward to s- slapping them around again. I'm 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 excited about that. So if that's what they want to be, you know, CP3. I mean, come on, guys. Really? How many times are you gonna watch this? Well, we'll be covering that as soon as we get uh, Golden State Warriors expert here. We'll be talking about that more in detail when we do a team preview 
of Golden State here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But before we end on, I wanted to mention one last thing, Joe. You talked about disturbing trends. I mentioned you mentioned last week in regards to the uh, the physical assaults that we've seen players do from all the sports leagues lately, and it's becoming seemingly uh, more and more prevalent, and it's very unfortunate to see. Uh, one of the things I also wanted to note was because uh, it was noted to me last this past weekend with the Colorado State Colorado game, very heated. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, of of jabbering back and forth, a lot of you know crap talking back and forth, and the thing I wanted to ask you, Joe and Sean, before we head on out, was one of the things was that dirty hit on the the hunter, the, the star player for the California, the Colorado Buffaloes, he got hit uh, out several weeks. Uh, the player who hit him, uh, he and his family have received death threats since then, uh, which the police are now investigating. And uh, we've seen this more often in sports. And, uh, you know, we're in a situation ourselves, we're in a very much lower, but as we become more high profile, you know, Joe and I are adamant on our thoughts. Sean is too, to an extent, but since Sean's so lovable and he's only had one person ever who talked smack on him and we kicked him right out, it's probably a lower percentage. And thank you so much, Intel. Truly, truly appreciate the super chat. But there is the possibility something you and I say as we get more higher, higher profile could be interpreted the wrong way or somebody just is pissed off and just wants to go ahead and take it out on us on whatever they're doing in their life. The thoughts on that as far as you and I or you or Sean or whatnot having that possibility, because it seems like in sports, people are taking sports so seriously, they're taking it into their own hands. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. No, Joe, you're ready to go. You got fired. Go. It's uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sean and I talked about this off air. I think about about getting death ago. threats. No, <clears throat> about getting to a point where we might be tickling a few feathers, or at least I would be. Uh, and there's gonna possibility of you and him having to make a call that would maybe exclude me, um, because I'm. Would never. Would I, never, I know who would I never am. You make that call every would, week. Would never, <laughs> would never come down to that. I. What do you mean? We'd say that we actually were planning it earlier this is, today. This is Matthew. nothing new. Lie. This is nothing new. And again, the the beautiful thing kidding. about the beautiful thing about being having your cards on the table is at least from from my life is right there, very, right, right there. Search and destroy <laughs> it right there. <laughs> Is that is that I avoid a lot of problems with my attitude because people don't like confrontation. Even those who kind of initiate it with their uh, drama-filled, gossipy type garbage, they tend to stay away <clears throat> from people like me. And <clears throat> this issue with abuse, well... I, I'm not going to go into the solutions to those things because I don't want there to be a, a red flag on the show, but uh, that's a lack of uh, protection. That's a lack of awareness from those around those people. Uh, all these but how despicable who... is it they're, they're posting the kid's phone number and the yeah, mom's the, address those and people the mom's are, phone number. And, and, they're and they're this going is, after this... his mom. Yeah, these people need to be vanquished. I mean... There's no other way to, to explain it. Going after someone who has nothing to do with this, these people need to be, you know, I mean, these are the parasites of life, of, of, of society. These people are garbage 
trash. Trash actually has more value than these people's existence. And I'm trying to keep it really, really low because I actually wanted to say worse things because that's what they are. Attacking someone's mother is as, as I don't even know what's lower other than physical abuse, right? Like other than physical abuse, that's as low and as pathetic and as, and as sewage. Okay. Uh, I guess it got so bad to the point where anyone who knows (laughs) we're losing you, Joe, that, uh, that hotspot ain't so hot anymore. Can you guys there you uh, yeah, yeah, you got, you're yeah, back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right in the middle Ger- of a rant too. Go ahead, yeah, Joe. Gerald. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. So, you. so this kid Henry Blackburn, I I saw the play, Gerald. You know what? One, I remember one of our guys. Uh, he made an illegal hit too. It was pretty bad. Uh, but you got to take the good with the bad in football. Uh, he didn't mean it. Everybody came came away not sore. Uh, it was in the heat of the moment. I I'm with Joe. Well, there were still I, some angry I, feelings I, over it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's just be honest sure, but you. sure, but I I you also got to remember that the, these are just these are 18, 19 year old kids as well, Gerald, and dragging their families into it. I know Coach Norvell said it was sad. It's not sad. It's it's, it's foolish and pathetic. Uh, the thing is, though, we get. I'm not saying we have to be as concerned about it, but uh, you know, let's take Stephen A. Smith or insert your highly paid mouth uh, on any sports channel as far as this out there. You don't think they go through that for a living? You don't think that they every have every day? People, yeah, every day. You know that they probably got somebody t- you know saying that wants to go. Ahead. I mean, Joe. You know, he sometimes brings it on. He'll say something. They say, "If you don't like it, you know where I work: Simblades, Simblades with a Y dot com." I mean, it's he's really not hard to find as far as that's concerned. They don't need to post his address, Both literally or, and figuratively. Yeah, the they man don't need is to worry about posting his home address or his phone number or anything like that. They oh, if they want to see Joe. They know where to find Joe. We say it like 15 times on the show, every show. Uh, with me, though, you know, it just, again, does it deter me from saying how I feel? No, and nor should it, because if you're really going to go out and try to really whack somebody for their sports views, I think that's just really mind-bogglingly numb how you would throw away your life for just somebody like that. But as we get all, you know, larger and larger, as we see these sports entities that are out there, you know, just going off on people for just this, the, the, the minimal amount of things. Yes. This kid's injured. Yes. This kid's hurt. Yes. It was a low blow, but to go after like that, it's just something out there where society, I think needs to understand and check itself that come on. We weren't, we might've been saying this stuff when we were on the sidelines and watching this 30 years ago, but now that we have social media, now that we have the internet, you're using it now to taking it a step further in a direction. I don't like to see it go. No, and Joe's right. People who people who go after uh, other people's mothers should put their lips over their head and swallow. Hey, if you tried to death threat my mom, my mom, first of all, at ninety years old, probably would have no clue what you're talking about. So it would just go whoosh, over the head there. So really, probably not the way to go for me. But Joe, again, this is something again. I probably we don't even have to worry about this. But we've gotten angry letters before for some people who've called. Me, you, Jamie, not Sean, but you know, <laughs> you know names, or have been angry with some of the things that we've said on, on the air. 
just something we're dealing with. It's something we deal with on a daily basis. That's or weekly basis. That's that's the issue. But I truly appreciate all the support from everybody out there that we do get. And you, forever, how many people don't like you? You've got a ton of people that still support you, even so. Yeah, that's that's part of the game. It's part of the game. And at the end of the day, not saying what I say to create that division. It's just there's going to be some people that don't. That's like how you deliver. feel. Yeah. The and I, I I'm with them too. By the way, I don't like listening to myself talk to. And I there's sometimes there's shows that I'm doing. I'm like God, what a God that. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But people generally like what we're talking about. People like the rants. I told you, we saw what happened when I wasn't ranting after the trade deadline. I didn't have anything to rant about. They kept winning. What am I going to rant about? I'm not going to just rant to rant. Well, that's not what the audience wanted. Folks, we're in this business to give the audience what they want. This is go not rant about, on the mascot for the other team. How about there that? There is a, this is not. I mean, once you understand that, and the, the fact that this thing is building to where it's going, it's because you we are feeding an entertainment value to these guys and gals that that that's what they want, and you you have to give the audience what they want. That's the point of this. If they don't want you around, and we have two people watching the show then that's probably enough of a hint to say, guys, I don't think this is going to work. And it's just that simple. This is, it's a little easier to find out with this. And that's it. There's, there's no other way to look at it. Uh, I, I have thought many a times on whether maybe I should scale back and be a little bit more, um, I don't know, the word professional sometimes hits into my head. Like, let me... Let me be more of a, a stealth professional in how I explain everything. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether I want to entertain or I want to just back up what I'm saying and just roll with that. That could be something that could work down the road. I don't know. But uh, why not do both, I guess? That's kind of how I look at it, too. Yeah, but You told me you told me if you've ever had to change the way that you go ahead and communicate to the public that you're not doing this thing anymore. No, no, that's truth. What's the point? If I got to, I have to scale back enough because we have to make sure the sensors aren't going to go crazy. But that's that's normal stuff. That's like anything else. You know, you can't say the F word more than once in a PG 13. Like if yet. a radio station or radio stations actually would want absolutely. to go ahead and bring absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There's, look, you can't, you know, there's kids in the car. You can't be cursing and going crazy like that. That makes sense. And a lot I mean, of ways I would make sure I have a dump button right here. And I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, no, no, I'll be honest. The, the cursing sometimes takes away from the, the, the dialogue too. I mean, this there's, there's good button. There's, there's a button sometimes that you need and that's fine. But ultimately we should be able to still do what we need to do without the, 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 the yeah, you, stuff. you don't need to be like Joe Pesci lethal weapon four. No, no. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Talk about cr- contrast and personalities. I mean, he, he, going from a scary dude to the whippiest guy. drinking a little bit? You know the car chase? You know what's so funny about the car chase in that film when they're supposed to be doing a car chase right outside LAX? Right. They actually filmed most of that here in Henderson 
on the 215. Really? really? You can tell, because if you look at that, uh, if you watch it back, you'll see a shot of the Luxor in the background. And oh, Gerald, I'm going to have to watch this again yeah. now. Okay. There's a shot of the, there's actually, and it's right. in the background. It's like, what is that pyramid thing? Like, I, I actually, <laughs> yeah, the, the Henderson uh, at that time, the 215 was actually not a, it was just brand new. Nobody was using it. And then they started. Yeah, they they used it for so a that was days that was ninety five ninety six. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that it had highway... just opened. That oh, highway really? had wow. just opened. Yeah, okay. it, was, okay. it was so easy to drive then. But you know, now everybody's found it. So now it's just like everything else. You know, bumper to bumper. You know, five o'clock in the afternoon. But yeah, it was just. It's funny if you go back and look at it, you can see it. Even if you're at it on the videotape, which at the time I did, when I saw it. Uh, yeah, it, it's in the background there. Like, oh, really didn't take too much to hide that, did they? Yeah, didn't do a whole lot there. But uh, great talking with everybody. We've been able to chat it up for two hours. Joe Soro joining us from LakersBall.com. And also as well, of course, everybody there at Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. So if you get mad, you know where to find them. But if you decide to go ahead and try to beat him up, can you at least buy some of his product or at least try to get your your lawn get some new landscaping before you threaten him when you go down there at least please get him some money first but before we head on out i wanted to go ahead and ask you joe you know what are the guys at lakers ball how is the mood at lakers Ball? i haven't asked you that in weeks uh, when can we get some lakers ball people over here my friend i, I i've been neglecting my crew over there it's been they gotta sad. come over here and watch it they used to in the past get them back over here Laker Tom, he's on here all the time. Does he retweet anything about us on the, on his thing? He retweets everything else. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. Promotion. Yeah, I promote their on. stuff. Come on, Tom. Yeah. Come on, Tom. This is I about promote Lakers ball all the time. All the time. Ja- Jamie, get on his ass. Do something with your life. They still might do a uh, Lethal Weapon Five, uh, Kurt. I don't know. That's not a hundred percent. You know. You know these days, but. <laughs> They still might do that. I, I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, they, they better hurry because Joe Pesci's not getting any younger. Yeah, that's true. That's true. None, None of them are, are getting any. Yeah, none of them well, are getting any younger. But uh, Joe, yeah, what what's the mood like at LakersBall.com? I haven't really checked. I haven't really. I mean, I've been there at least once a day the last you know week, few weeks. But there's not been a lot of dialogue on it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go check it out a little bit here from today. But I'll I'll talk to the crew. I'll let them know. Hey, look, I want you guys involved in the show a little bit more during the season. Let me know uh, if there's anything I can do. Okay, fair enough. They get them back over here. It should be nice if they did. And then again, Laker Tom, if you're listening, try posting some of our episodes. I can't post anything anymore on Lakerholics.com. I've told you there's errors on the site. That won't let me do so. And viruses that are going around in that site for me. Anyways, I can see it fine on my mobile, but I can't on my PC. So come on, get it fixed, my friend. Get it fixed, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro from LakersBall.com. And, of course, everything that's out there going on with Simblades, SimblatesWithAY.com, and Magic Man, Sean Grice, who does such a great job for us here at the Lakers fast break. Guys, any last thoughts on the way out? Uh, winning time, rest in peace. Just you know, that's rest in peace. It's yeah, great, well lasted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe, no, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Biombo had signed a, a German contract. That was interesting. So, thank you for the update on that. 
Yeah. Wounded. Yeah. Yeah. Un- the Wonder Bar. Wonder yeah, Bar. <laughs> You're, not the Laker. You're not on the Lakers. Wonder Bar. What- no, that's what they'll say when they see him through shooting free throws. <laughs> Wonderbar. That's indeed. Wonder no. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder brick. But <laughs> it is the Lakers fast break. Uh, Lakers and five. You've got a great channel yourself. Go ahead and check out what Lakers and five is always doing. Truly appreciate all the stuff that he does. He just did a great show earlier today. Empire Jeff TV. He also did a show on winning time. He had some very good thoughts, very poignant thoughts on it. Plus an article, uh, our good friend, John McCallion, truly appreciate it. But guys, great to have you here. Looking forward to another great show tomorrow night. Clippers coming up on Wednesday. Hopefully I get some more good news with a Grizzlies and also a Thunder show, hopefully coming up in the near future as well. Some really great stuff we got on the road for you as we got coming up in a little less than three weeks. Of course, training camp. It's almost that time. We'll be here for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Luck be a lady tonight. You know you only say that because you found out how to do that at the end of the show as we're leaving. No, I didn't do that. I, I knew it the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs>